Welcome to Unqualified Sports, where the unqualified athlete has the most qualified opinions. What's going on, my brother? How you doing? It's Unqualified here on the building. What's going on with you, big dog? Hey, man, no humble. Don't be humble, man. Tell the world. Tell the world a big announcement, man. Well, I mean, it's not a big announcement. You know, you know, you only you only make 21 as many times as you want. So, you know, today is my... 21st birthday for the 11th time, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, the boy feeling good right now. For the 11th time? For the 11th time, you know. Ain't too many people can say that, bro. Ain't too many people can say that, you know. That's a fact. That's definitely a new one. But but on the serious note, happy birthday, my dad. What you got planned for the day, bro? Uh, nothing much, man. I I plan on going and holler at some people. Uh, shout out to my dog, uh, uh, what well, I forget what he'd call himself. Uh, I'm a <laughs> crystal ball Muki. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm holler at him and uh, uh man, you gonna <laughs> holler at Muki? Yeah, I'm gonna go holler at Mukes and, and I'm gonna see, uh, I'm gonna see what my wife want to do. We kind of did a little pre celebration this weekend, so if she got anything planned okay. for me, then you know, we're gonna, we gonna just go, go from there with that. You know, I ain't too, you know, I didn't celebrate at 21 that many times. It's only, you know, you kind of, you kind of try to, you kind of just get laid back with. With the celebrations, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So uh, yeah, yeah, I get that, I get that, I get that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I don't know. It did it's in the middle of the week, so I mean it ain't like yeah. I got a Saturday birthday, so I ain't I wasn't yeah, that fortunate. Yeah, 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 dog. So so yeah, bro. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna probably just chill, dog. But enough about me, dog. These sports, these sports, these sports. We had a huge announcement just happen. Man, they grunt. Then retired from the Patriots. Grunk. Rob Gronkowski retired from the Patriots. I know this is your beloved Patriots. So I would love to know, I would love to know your opinion more so about the player Grunk, not the Patriot Grunk. So, you know, my question to you would be, is he the greatest tight end of all time? Um well, I don't want to just come out slandering Grunk just because he, he he just retired and he should be celebrated and appreciated for the things, the contributions he brought to the game. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think Grunk is definitely a top five tight end. I think everybody can say that. But um, on my list, I do have uh, Tony Gonzalez ahead of him only because of how close their numbers is, career-wise, but the era that Tony Gonzalez played in, it was a lot harder to get those numbers because people wasn't throwing the ball 60, 70 times a game, you know, back in his era. And his quarterback was nowhere near the talent level of Tom Brady. I think early on in Grunk career, Grunk benefited because he had another great tight end outside of him, Aaron Hernandez, who we never really got to see develop due to his off-the-field situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, R.I.P. Aaron and you know, to his family. But um, Rope was definitely a beast. Like his his physical, being that big and that fast and able to catch that well and have that type of body control, you don't see that often. You know, he was a great blocker. He was a great receiver. Fun guy. Teammates loved him. Good character, as far as what I know. And he really was a once in a you know type of decade type of talent that you get, and he was a physical specimen. I I know the Patriots are going to miss him. The NFL is going to miss him. Anytime we have a great player retire, 
it's definitely to be celebrated, even though I hated the Patriots, but I had to tip my hat to that man because the, the type of production and the way he played the game, I, I admire that. I love guys that are physical and give you that old feel along with adapting to the way the game is played today. So that's why I flew Gronk. And, you know, hopefully the Patriots suck now that um, Gronk has retired. And, you know, I hope they don't feel that void. But, you know, knowing Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, I'm pretty sure they'll find a way to get it done. I've seen them adjust after they lost Randy Moss. And I've seen them win before Tom Brady had weapons, really. And I've seen them, with, seen them win with weapons. So I don't really know if that will affect the Patriots. We'll see moving forward. But shout out to Brunk, man. Salute. Well, well I'm going to say um, just, just by uh, advanced – Metrics, as they like to say now, advanced statistics and those things. They saying that Grunk uh, is hands down the most efficient, not only tight end but probably receiver of all times, which is awesome. You know what I'm saying? That that's awesome. I understand. He, I think he, I think he would be more of the. I think the way they they trying to frame it. I'm gonna say it like I'm gonna say they trying to frame it this yeah. way. They trying to frame it as if he's almost like the Barry Sanders of tight ends in a sense of what he produced on the field in a short amount of time. Not necessarily, uh, I mean, I know he won championships. Barry didn't. Barry is still one of the top uh, leaders in actually uh, running the ball in a short amount of time. So, But I think that's. it seems like that's how they're trying to frame it. Uh, I personally don't think he's the greatest tight end of all time. Um, I'm with you, Tony Gonzalez. Uh, I mean, this guy probably wouldn't take this type of credit, but I personally think Shannon Sharp was a better uh, tight end than him. But as far as, you know, what people say, I mean, hey, I, I understand the the point. The man 6'7", about 250, between 250 and 270, could block anybody, uh, could basically got, uh, like you say, just his physical being, it makes it almost impossible to guard him and stuff like that. And, I mean, he had an awesome quarterback for all of his career. Um, so, I mean, even Shannon Sharp shined in, in Baltimore, and all he had was Joe Flacco. So, um, like, that's the type of stuff I think about. I think about, like, Trent Green and whoever else was the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, even Matty, Matty Melt, uh, <laughs> Matt Ryan himself. Matty Melt. <laughs> so, so, I mean, he, you know, he didn't have – Anybody the caliber of, of, of Tom Brady, and I hate to say that to take away from Grunt, because uh, as you say, he had an awesome career. Um, as far as the effect, I'm with you, Connor. As far as the effect that it's going to have on the Patriots, I don't know, um, because they won a Super Bowl without Grunt before. So who's to say they can't do it again? And I didn't got to the point now. Well, I just, I'm just not going to say nothing about the Patriots in a way where I'm going to say they're going to lose, because I got to see it. So I, they definitely didn't uh-huh. made me. They didn't taught me to see them lose before I say they're gonna lose. So I don't know what they're gonna do. But as far as I see, though, on some other stuff, are we talking about the Patriots? Uh, Mr. Robert Kraft himself. He, I see he tried to uh, figure out ways to <laughs> cheat the system and win too. Uh, he trying to make it right now. Like uh, I seen that he's trying to say that. It was illegal for them to record him, and 
Uh, he, you know, I understand. He, he, I, I didn't think he had anything to do with this human trafficking thing. So, um, but it's just crazy to me how this man could be caught soliciting prostitutes and try to make it seem as if they was wrong for catching him soliciting a prostitute. You did something wrong, bro. Like, you did something wrong. Take your lick. He apologized for it. Don't get me wrong. But he trying to make it seem as if he, they were wrong for even meshing him into this. No, you were wrong for participating in it. You a billionaire, bro. You could pay somebody to go on a jet with you, massage you every way you want to be massaged. But you decided to go to a place where they traffic human beings and utilize the cheap labor of these women, which is that's what y'all just considering it, it as. Y'all utilizing this, right. this this cheap labor from these women. You pay 80 bucks, bruh. 80 bucks. $80. And you have the nerve to sit up here. And these have, you have women who are being victimized regardless if you enjoyed it or if she acted like she enjoyed it or whatever. Um, these these women are victims. So, so for you to make it seem as if it's wrong that they even were even investigating you in this situation. It's almost like just like a slap in the face to all these people who who have been going through these things that have to be in these places that have to do all these things. So I just look at it like the, the, the privilege that he has right now. I think especially with him, you know, want to ha- show the world this this real positive thing about uh, 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 what is it? Uh, police, uh, not police reform, prison reform. And for you to say have this this policy on your team where if you ever abuse the woman and you can't play for the Patriots, then you are strongly contradicting yourself. And I don't think that's fair. And I don't think that's right. And I I think it's, I think it's just a horrible look and it's being overlooked and it's being like dismissed as if it's, it's not anything when you got all these strong beliefs quote-unquote outside of your actions take responsibility for your action if anything now you need to be against human trafficking because you actually participated in it regardless and that's abusive to women so should you not be the owners of owner of the patriots anymore that's something to think about now i'm not saying they should take the team away from them i'm just saying if you're gonna if you're gonna put the disciplines out there and say who can't play for you and who this and who that and you need to hold yourself to that same fire, bro. That's all I'm saying. It's it's exactly almost like okay, you use a hypothetical situation that's completely unrelated to that. Mm-hmm. Follow me. It's almost as if my girl catch me cheating, right? Mm-hmm. And she go she go through my phone and catch me cheating. Now I come after it. I apologize. But then I tell my girl, well, you had no business going through my phone anyway. You did? Right. Right. You can't apologize and then point the finger at somebody for catching you. Right. You, you did wrong, own up to it, and then I take it one step further. And then it's, it's me going to tell you and other people, well, y'all can't be my friends if y'all cheat on y'all girl. Y'all gonna look like what? You just got caught for cheating on your girl. How are you going to tell us you can't be friends with us? Right. And you cheat, you're doing the same thing that you don't want people, you don't want to associate yourself with people that do the same things you do. 
Like, you can't do that. You have to apologize. You have to take responsibility. You have to hold yourself accountable and hold yourself to the same standards as the people that you want yourself to be associated with or that you want to work for you. You can't apologize and then make an excuse or then point the finger and blame someone else. That's not taking accountability. It almost nullifies the apology in the first place. Right. Like, you know, I always felt like, and I talk about this on the show all the time, Robert Kraft, you are nasty, nasty man. And for you to commit these actions and then try to, well, y'all shouldn't have been going through the tape thing. Well, what? What are you talking about? We're not saying you participate. I don't think he participated, you know, purposely in the human trafficking aspect of it. Right. But what I'm saying is what you've done, you was wrong. You got caught red-handed. Just own up to it, man. You spent $80 on something. You could have used that $80 to buy yourself another toupee. But you didn't. <laughs> you chose to spend it on a happy ending. You got your happy ending, bro. Now take your lick, dog. That's all I got to say about it. And just for the record... One, me and Shad on it, that, that was com- completely a hypothetical scenario that he used. And the reason that y'all know that was all hypothetical, because black men don't cheat. Uh, man, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> man, my man. Uh, so I, my, I knew this podcast was cohesive. <laughs> so, moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> moving forward to a little bit lighter of a, a topic. This NCAA tournament March Madness going on right now, it's been... It's been good. It's always good. It's every year. Uh, last year it was uh, Chicago Loyola. It was the other team that upset uh, Virginia. I forget the name of the team every time, but that upset Virginia. Virginia actually had a scare in the beginning of the the, the uh, tournament. Uh, a lot of close games. Oh, man. <clears throat> we had our first overtime game. Um, it's been it's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of upsets. I think a twelve, I think Liberty upset someone, UC Irvine upset mm-hmm. someone. Um, but now we're down to the Sweet Sixteen. <clears throat> and before we talk about the Sweet Sixteen, we gotta talk about this Duke uh, Central Florida game. You know, Central Florida got I think the guys. What's the tall guy's name? I want to say his last name was Tall. But it's something like that, though. Uh, I forget his uh, name. You mean Taco or something taco like that? Something. Fall. Is it Fall? Taco Fall or Taco? Something like that. But anyway, he's seven foot six, And everybody was saying after the game, did UCF come up with... His last name actually is Fall. It's Fall, right? right? Okay, yeah. So did UCF come up with the, the formula to beat Duke? Even though Duke won the game, they won it on a kind of controversial play. If you didn't see it, Zion went to the goal. He kind of pushed off, uh, which could have been called a charge. I don't know if you you want the ref to make a call at that moment with that little time left in the game, but he he uh, he went up for the layup. He got fouled. It was an and one. He missed the free throw. R.J. Barrett got the putback on the free throw. That's how they ended up winning the game. Uh, the other team went to shoot it. They made, it basically wasn't a, a good shot. They missed it because if it was a good shot, they would have made it. Uh, but they, that's how they lost. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a, it was an emotional game at the end because the head coach of uh, UCF was the first, one of the first good players to play for Duke under my Shashetsky. Ooh, now I can say Giannis Antetokounmpo, but I can't say Shashetsky. Uh, let it rock. Yeah, but his son, his son was balling that whole game. Um, yeah, well, he balled out. He was he was destroying him. So my question to you is: 
Is this a new formula that UCF came up with that people should go forward with? Or is this something that we've been new about Duke on how to potentially beat them? Um, I just want to shout out to uh, the guy, Aubrey Dawkins, who played for uh, UCF. I think he had 32 points that game. He played phenomenal. He played for, he matched Zion, you know, and that's an extremely astronomical feat to match to match the way Zion played. He played awesome. But I don't really think it was a real blueprint on how to beat Duke. I mean, we all know Duke is a terrible outside shooting team. So the way to beat Duke is to keep is to cut off driving lanes and make them take jump shots. So I'm not surprised to see Duke get hit with a lot of zones because that's that's typically the way to beat teams that don't shoot well. You you, you put a zone in and you pack the middle and you try to cut up the driving lanes. It's just a problem when you have such a freak athlete like Zaire who can still get to the rim regardless pretty much of what defense they're playing because he just bullies his way up. And not and to add to the fact you have RJ Barrett who's one of the best private slashers and getting to the rim that in college basketball. So I'm not sure they really ha- created a blueprint because not a lot of teams even have a guy like tackle or tackle ball in the middle at 7-6 and protecting the rim. You know, you can play that style of defense. <laughs> yeah, you can play that style of defense when you have an elite rim protector there waiting on the, to disrupt those guys that's driving and cutting to the basket, but I don't know, man. I don't know if that was the recipe. Like I say, I think the best way to beat Duke is to make them take outside shots. And if they're hitting those shots, like guys like Cam Reddish and Trey Jones actually get their jump of the work, then I think Duke is really impossible to beat. But up until now, they haven't shown that they can consistently do that throughout a whole ball game. So you have your chance there. And that's what I think that UCF game showed. Well... One thing I will say is this, because I think we all become prisoners of the moment a lot, and I know I do it. I know I do it. I, I'm over. I get I, I get all shackled up behind the moment, bro, because I, I get into it. I get emotional about it and stuff like that. But a lot of times, these type of games, uh, character-building games, um, mm-hmm. we, we might look back at this game and be like, remember we thought they was gone. They might get beaten the next round or, or in the Elite Eight because of whatever, you know, because of this this particular game. Duke might be in trouble now. They UCF almost beat them. They, we know the formula and blah, blah, blah. Um, I know one thing, Trey Jones, they treating you like you Ben Simmons, bro. The only difference between you and Ben Simmons, you ain't scared to shoot it, but the same thing happened with you shooting it and Ben Simmons not shooting it. Ain't no buckets getting made, so... <laughs> either way, either way, man, you gotta get that. You gotta get the shot. And I like, hey, I like Trey Jones, bro. Like, I'm a fan of Trey Jones. I think one, he ain't as awkward looking as his brother, Tyus Jones. His brother just, I don't know, his eyebrows. Nice that dude, bro. weird looking. But then he he plays yeah, yeah, more pesky yeah, defense. He seemed like he yeah. just he more into the game. What you say? No, I was just speaking about uh, how his brother, how is he so different from his brother? His brother can actually knock down the jumper, like, consistently, too, at the college level, for sure. True. true. His brother he was, was a better at, 
overall, I'm going to say we don't know if he's going to stay or he's going to come out. They're saying his his stock is dropping. Some people saying they, they he should stay another year. Same with Cam Reddish. Um, both of them, I don't think they're going to have every game. If they make it, say, to the, to the uh, national championship, every game that they play, they can't all they can't shoot like that the entire game um, for every game. Like it just, especially with Cam Reddish, he a shooter. So at some point, at one of these games, if it's not this Virginia Tech game that's coming up, or whoever they might have to face after that, he gonna have a he gonna find a shot. Um, yeah, he gonna erupt. He gonna erupt one big game. I see him going for twenty seven or thirty or something like that in one of these games. Right, because everybody kind of sleeping on him. They talking about his stock dropping in the in the draft, and this dude mm-hmm. like six eight six nine, bro, with a three point shot like that. That's you don't find that too much. So he built like Paul George, like his build. Yeah, that's what he reminds me of. Yeah, so um, R.J. Barrett. I know it's too late now. But you gotta before you go to the league, bro. You definitely gotta uh, get that right hand, be able to use your right hand, bro. You can't just go to the left. They didn't figure him out. But like you say, the unstoppable force is Zion. Um, but we gonna we gonna talk about they they draft stock and all that stuff a little bit later. But it was an awesome win by them. Um, I actually got them going to the turn. I know you say you didn't get a chance to fill out a bracket, uh, and I know I talk, I spoke highly of them, but I actually got them being upset in the national championship. By Kentucky, so I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Calipari. You know, I, I feel like he get hated on a lot, and they've been they've been sleepers this year. And I think that they could be a team that could potentially upset. I mean, they got they got a tough road because if they win against Houston, who is a tough team, man, that Houston got some ballers on their team. Uh, but then they are gonna have to either face North Carolina, Auburn, Auburn bust them up before this season. I don't even know if they play. I'm pretty sure they played North Carolina, but I didn't. I haven't followed it uh, to know. But I know in this tournament, they it's nothing but an uphill climb for them. But I think Duke can make it. I think Duke gonna get upset by Kentucky in the end. Uh, but before we move to that, I forgot about our home team, LSU. One on a buzzer beater, basically to beat Maryland, um, and they gonna face Michigan State in the uh, turning up next in the Sweet 16. The first Sweet 16 since my dog Tyrus Thomas, big baby. All them boys was balling for LSU, the first Sweet 16 since then. How, what you think of their chances of making it to the Elite Eight against Michigan State? Pardon me, I couldn't hear you. You cut out. Oh, I cut out? I'm sorry. I say, I yeah. say what you think LSU chances of uh, making it to the Elite Eight against Michigan State? Um, LSU, man, they're, they're surprising me. I knew they was a talented team, but you know, with all the things that was going on surrounding them, getting into the tournament, I didn't know if mentally they would be there. But it seems like they're gutting it out, man. They're playing well. Uh, I give I give them a shot against Michigan State, but you know, time is always time is always. So if I have to pick, I'm gonna go with Michigan State just because of time is alone. But I do give LSU a shot in this ball game, man, because their mental toughness, the way they're grinding out that last game, I see the different side to them that I wasn't sure they had because they don't have the experience in some of these other teams that's in the tournament. Right. So I give I give them a, a legit shot though. Now that I see that they're pretty fearless down the stretch and they can get it done. Right. Right. Well, I ain't gonna lie. I, you know, I'm from Baton Rouge, so I'm like LSU. 
is just bred in me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm just gonna forever be a LSU fan, basically no matter the sport or whatever. I just normally just root for them, just over every, just about every other team. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm rooting for them. I, I'm with you though. I don't know if they're gonna be able to pull it off against Michigan State. I'm not doubting them. I just know that Michigan State, like you say, they're just more experienced. They got a more experienced coach. They, you know, basically they they got an interim coach in right now, and it's to to expect him to just go in and dominate against uh, Tom Izzo. I mean. Who yeah. have who have we? Let's just be honest. In in this atmosphere, who can we remember dominated uh, Tom Izzo? I, I exactly. I've never seen, and I mean, we didn't see Tom Izzo up against the likes of the Shashevskis and the uh, and the Roy Williamses of the world. And I don't mm-hmm. recall him just being dominated. <laughs> like if that rarely happens. That's what I'm saying. Like he, he's up there with those guys you just mentioned, the Calipari's and Bill Show. Exactly. Like he's up there with those guys, you know. So I, I don't I, I I think it's gonna be tough sledding for him, but I I, I, I do wish them the best. You know, we all rooting for the hometown kids. Uh but yeah, I hope they put it out. I hope sure. they do too, because that'll shock the world. Hopefully they can make it. Well, yeah, hopefully they can make it to the hopefully they can make it to the championship for you know for for all good purposes. I mean that's a big hope. Yeah, well, let's not let's not get too too carried away. That's a it's a huge hope, but uh, you know that'll be what's well, up. But pretty big hope. But um, as far as as far as I know, we was kind of talking about some of the Duke players. One player that doesn't play for Duke, but that's in the top as far as uh, draft stock. Is Ja Morant? Dude came out first game triple double. Second game, I think he put up thirty plus. He was not trying to go yeah, out. Twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. I'm sorry. Twenty eight. Uh, balled out. I think he had uh, twenty eight. Twenty. I think he had ten assists in that game. Uh, I think he set the school record in assists. Um, do you think his stock went up from his two performances in the in the tournament? Well, um. I, heading into the tournament, he was already a top three. Him and R.J. Barrett had been moving throughout the season between the number two and number three spot. Once he moved up to the number three spot, it's just been him and Barrett going back and forth, depending on who really had the better week as far as like projections and predictions went. But I think he really just cemented his stock with this tournament. Like, I think he's for sure a top three pick. Uh, depending on your need, when you're drafting at the number two spot, if it's Phoenix, I think you go point guard. Clearly, you go John Morant. Phoenix has the second best record right now, so they're, I mean, second worst record, pardon me. So they're projected to have the number two pick behind the New York Knicks. That's just if everything fell, you know, mm-hmm. traditionally, but, but there's a lottery in place, so it may not fall like that. But if the Phoenix Suns pick number two, or maybe even if Phoenix pick number one, I can see a scenario where they take John Morant instead of Zion Williamson. Call me crazy. I know people probably want to hear this and, oh, and jump out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I can understand it, but Phoenix is solidified on the wing. They're winning. They have young room. So I don't. They have Devin Booker, who's not going anywhere. Let's get let's get that straight. That's their two guard, and they have Josh Jackson at the three that they just spent the top four pick on. Uh, two seasons ago. So, I I can see a scenario where maybe they go John Moran number one. If you really view him as a franchise-changing player, that he's 
this place has the potential to be, then then why not? What do you do? Would you trade back to number two to take him? Because if you're that high on him, why not take him at number one? I got, if I you got really him. believe in his ability. Unless you him. really just think Zion is LeBron James. That's the only way, you know, you take Zion even if you don't need him. You just take him. And because you know, you think he's going to be the next LeBron James or something like that in that scenario. But to answer your question, I think he really just submitted his stock as a top three pick for sure. Okay. Uh, well, I I totally agree. I, I think I think personally he top two. Yeah. He, either you taking him or Zion, period. Like, if you take anybody else outside of them two, you made a mistake. That's how I feel. You think so? I you think he's that much better than RJ Barrett? I think as far as putting, uh, as they would say, putting asses in seats, yes. <laughs> I think I think he going to sell you tickets. Really? You know, that, that, that matters. Um, I think he more of a box office name than a, just a talent, more so. I, you know, this dude here, this dude go to Murray State. I don't know where that's at. You so... I'm just being honest. I don't. I don't even know where that school is. This dude here wasn't highly touted out of high school. He didn't work his way up. He clearly was. Has always been athletic. He ain't just get athletic in one year. He just was under. He was just overlooked or whatever for whatever reasons. It clearly was good enough reasons for us not to know nothing about this guy up until now. And now that he didn't surged up like he did, um, I think he's. Solid at the number two spot, but I do have something interesting that I think, because you know us as Laker fans, you know we gotta always speculate. So I think, I think, depending on if Phoenix gets the number two pick, I think you trade Lonzo Ball for their pick, and we get John Morant as the number two pick. Just putting it out there, I think that'll be something that Magic Johnson should definitely consider. Because Lonzo Ball has been considered to go to Phoenix. He It's almost like his dad wants him to play in Phoenix with Devin Booker and Andre Aiden and Josh, ja- Josh Jackson. So, so that could be an interesting little mix right there. But then we get Josh Morant. Then we necessarily don't have to give up the whole, the whole you know, team for AD. If we can get AD on him. I'm not mad at that. So, I'm not mad at that. The only thing I think about it is, though, the only thing I think would be a problem, well, two things I think would be a problem. I don't think the Lakers want to get younger, not with LeBron. Mm. So I, I think trading somebody that has experience for somebody that doesn't would kind of go against what they want to do right now. That's one. And I think my second, the second issue I have with it is if we change the number two team, and you try to get AD, the Pelicans is going to want that number two pick. Ain't no way in hell. That's true. Ain't no way in hell they're going to let us put together any kind of trade package to get AD without including that number two pick. I, so that would be my only hiccup with it. But as far as player versus player, like what your idea was when you, when you made that comment, I'm not really that mad at it, bro. I'm not. Especially more so because Michael Ball has even proved he can be healthy. I think he's a good player when he's out there. But if you can't be healthy, you have no service. This is something he's going to you missed at least 25 low. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I 
don't know what to make of it. I think John Morant is going to be a great player, though. I just, when it's all said and done, though, I think he's going to come back and eat the words by him being that much better than R.J. Garrett. R.J. Garrett, I think, is don't, he's, he's good, man. Don't, don't take, don't, 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 uh, take my words necessarily out of context. I'm not saying he's better than R.J. Barrett. I'm saying he is more box office than R.J. Barrett as far as what his hype, how they speaking of him. You know, he he's box office as far as what, like, when you look at, if you go scroll up an ESPN app or your Bleacher Report app or whatever you look at your sports on, you're going to probably see more about John Morant Right now, then you're gonna see about RJ Barrett right now. And and he been out he been out of the, the uh the tournament. He out of the tournament. He didn't even make it to this round of the tournament. But you're gonna still see but you know what I think have a lot to do with that though? Huh? I think that has a lot to do with RJ Barrett playing with Zion Woods. Like that this is always gonna take you're always gonna take the back seat to, to Zion because Zion. But has RJ Barrett been on another team then maybe he would have generated more but then this the funny thing though, and and this actually kind of going to our next thing as far as with R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. The funny thing is R.J. Barrett was was thought to be the best player that Duke recruit recruited. That's a fact. He was the number one overall pick coming into the season. Right. So I think this year it exposed a lot of the flaws in his game. Um, things you yeah. can do against high schoolers, you can't do against college students. So a lot of them yeah. are more seasoned. They know a little more. They're a little more versed in what they are. They they a little more skilled. They they more on a. That's the next. That's basically an amateur professional level. You know what I'm saying? And it showed. Uh, R.J. Barrett has a tendency to just go left. Um, and he more ta- he talented enough to to have the skill of finishing with his right hand, but he's being forced. He's being forced to the right, and he—you can see it—it it, it makes him very uncomfortable. So he—he he definitely have a lot of things to improve with his game. Um, uh, and I, and that and to me, honestly, even though Zion, you know, he taking the backseat to Zion. Maybe if he played on another team, like you say, it could be different. But if you just take it from the beginning, and R.J. Barrett did go to another team, and Zion went to you know Duke or wherever he went, the box office thing gonna put. Zion over him, even if he was better statistically. You see what I'm saying? It's just the the appeal of it. And I think since John Morant jumped over somebody this season, he Derrick Rose somebody the other day. Like he yeah, that was crazy. He got the the highlight reel type want to watch him play type thing with him. You know, like so. I, I think agree. that's the thing that I'm saying about John Morant. But R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. I think you. I think you kind of made your point on R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. Do you think that Cam Reddish, because he didn't dropped out of the top five, do you think he shouldn't have dropped out of the top five? You think that maybe he should stay another year? Do you, uh, what? What you thinking about Cam Reddish right now? Uh, Cam Reddish, phenomenal talent, phenomenal talent. I think he is the one that suffered the most from this quote unquote super freshman uh, team that they that they combined to make. I think he's the one who sacrificed the most. Because if you look at it, I mean, Trey Jones is still running the point. Whether he's playing well or not, he's still getting his significant minutes at the point guard spot. And 
Trey Jones is not the type of player that puts up a lot of shots anyway. That's never been his game. So, he's a distributor. R.J. Barrett, say what you want, he's still getting his shot. He still has the ball in his hands a lot. He's still getting his shot. Zion is going to get Zion. So, who's the odd man left up? It's, it's Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish has been, has been reduced to just a player that sits in a corner and, and shoots threes. And if you watched him play in high school, that wasn't his game. He was someone that was able to shoot, but he wasn't just a shooter. That's his role now because he has to take a back seat to two alpha dogs. You can see R.J. Barrett and Zion is the alpha dog. They're, they're the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and Reddish has been reduced to a Harden role, Harden type role when they all played together. You know what I'm saying? Right, now, right. it's not to say that if Cam Reddish was playing for another big big organization or a big college program, but he was the main guy. I think it would be a little different how we view him. With that being said, I wouldn't be mad if the Lakers end up getting about the sixth or seventh pick. And because the way Cam Reddish is performing, his stock is dropping. I definitely think he comes out this year. You know, your top ten pick. You come out and get your money when you can. So, I think if the Lakers picked Cam Reddish and then traded the farm, Kuzma, Ingram, or whatever for Anthony Davis, and you move Cam Reddish into a spot on the, on the wing next to somebody like LeBron, the type of potential that Cam Reddish has as a player, I'm telling you, man, he's going to be a good player in the NBA because it's his skill set. He's a six, seven, six, eight. 6'9", maybe, Wayne, who can handle the ball really well. He's athletic, can shoot, can finish around the rim. He plays good defense. He, he typically, from the night-to-night basis, guards the toughest wing player that opposing team has. And I think his skill set is being overlooked, though, because he's playing in the shadow of R.J. Barrett and Zion Woods. Well, I know we got. I know we got to move forward with it. So I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna talk too too much more about it. But I will say this: after this tournament, and once the NBA draft hit, one of the questions we definitely gotta make sure we touch back on is who we think out of those three will have the best NBA career. Because you just made a real compelling case for him. And if he go to a team with the likes of LeBron and get some of the stewardship of LeBron, who knows what he can turn into. Who, and especially we uh, coach, and he'll be under magic, like the just the networking ability that 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 would create for him could change his complete complexity of who we believe he is to be, especially with what you just said about him. So uh, I'm gonna move forward. We gonna actually talk about LeBron. Make, make, make a note of that. Make a note. Make a note of that because I definitely want to get to that question. That's a dope question. Yeah. Okay. Definitely will. I'm make. I'm writing it down right now. Uh, while I'm writing it. And while we speaking on LeBron, bro, the disrespect, bro. And we ain't going to talk about it too long because I know you kind of like, uh, you know, kind of one of them church hug LeBron type people. Like, he go to your church and right. you give him a pat on the back. You're like, it's all right that he here, but, you know, I ain't, I don't really know him like that. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? I understand. Uh, but the accuracy, though. <laughs> like, I get it. I, I just want to say, bro, and I'm not just trying to Jeff for LeBron. Don't get me wrong. I've been on this show calling LeBron out about his defense. I've been on this show saying, right now, is LeBron even the best player in the world? So, I don't want to buy the thing. Oh, here he go. He deriding LeBron and blah, blah, blah. I'm not. I'm 
I'm not, because I call him out. If he don't do something right, as much as I'm a LeBron fan, I'll say yeah, that's, that's one thing I can't say about you. You're pretty honest with your critiquing of LeBron. You are a LeBron fan, but you're not a LeBron fan. That's the type of people I can't even hold conversations with. Right. Just, he do wrong. don't see no flaws in LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, definitely yeah. do wrong now. I mean, uh... I mean, you could, you know, we, and I could be one of them people that bring up all the points, how many minutes he done made, played, and it, technically he's played about 20 seasons if you calculate all his minutes in the playoffs and blah, 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 whatever. Okay, all that's cool, yeah. and he don't play defense now. And that's just what yeah. it is. Either we're going to accept that he don't play defense now, or we not. But either way, you can be on whatever side of the fence you want to be on, that's fine. But as far as these people saying that a person that's averaging 27, 8, and 8, don't give a damn about winning. He don't give a damn about playing basketball. And all he concerned with is making movies and producing TV shows and all this stuff. Um, let me guess. I wonder how many people getting something taken out. They check every every two weeks, every week, every month, however you get paid, to set up something for you to do after you finish working. Like, please, how many people being shy and, and, and our partner, she, we done started our own LLC. You think we doing that just because we love our jobs that much and we don't ever want to, quote-unquote, cheat on our jobs? Like, please, people, bro. Y'all, oh, the man, he, he don't want to be coached and he don't want blah, blah. Man, cut it out. The man, look, this man that gave a lot to the NBA. Let's just keep it, G. The man that gave a lot to the NBA, he done gave a lot of power to players. Like, he, he done changed a lot of things, and I'm not trying to just boost him up, but to say that the man just don't want to be coached, and he ain't bought none of his team, and uh, come on, bro. Now, it's like, it's, get, it's getting too far. You the face of the NBA. You shouldn't be sitting on the bench in the second quarter when they doing the huddle, and because you the face of the NBA. Come on, bro. Like, some stuff, you just... Like, lay off the man a little bit, bro. Like, come on, dog. Y'all been y'all been LeBron crying facing this man since he cried, bro. <laughs> like, come on, dog. Like, like, get a man something. Get a man a break, dog. It's his 60 season, dog. 60? 60 season. Like, get a man a break, dog. Like, come on, bro. He been in his social media age with nothing but all this man get talked about every time he do something right and wrong. <laughs> Anyway, dog, I just had to I had to release about this disrespect that they giving to my dog, bro. Even Steven Jackson had to come out and say they disrespecting. And you know Steven Jackson don't give a damn. <laughs> so shout out to Steven Jackson too. Uh Steven Jackson's on some real good stuff right now, man. Shout out to him. But uh Man, I just had to get my little rant out about this disrespect of LeBron, bro. I haven't had an opportunity. I don't know I don't know if you wanna speak on it. You know, I don't know if you want to give I mean, a shout-out or not. I'll keep it brief. Uh, what I will say is LeBron is, without a doubt, and I don't even think this could be debated, he's the most scrutinized player to ever play in the NBA. For one, I'm going to give you the reasons why. Because he was so great in high school, his games was being televised in high school. We can start there. Nobody went through it. Kobe didn't go through that. Mike didn't go through that. Another thing is, his whole career has been played during the social media era. Kobe experienced that on the back half of his career. But in 96, when he started, there wasn't no social media. 
There was none of that. Mike never experienced it. So you see what I'm saying? The spotlight, the the people have had such a, a, a big voice due to social media. LeBron has been dissected every move he makes that is all over the internet. People are talking about it. People have opinions on everything this man is doing. So, of course, when he's doing great, people are going to vote him up even higher than we've ever heard. He was being compared to Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, mm-hmm. when he was playing well and his, and his team was successful. So you don't think they're going to drag you down to lows when your team is not successful? They're going to find every reason to discredit you possible. You just a and um, an album for two chains. You know, you, you're working on State Jam too, right? They're going to find everything they can to discredit you. And everybody knows I hated LeBron up until he got to LA. You know, I was always taught you root on, you root for the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. So now that he's the Lakers, he's my guy. Like I say, I give him, I give him the one arm church hug. Like, yeah, <laughs> I still be side eyeing him though. Like, yeah. Yeah, as soon as you leave, you're back on the list. You're back on the list. As soon as your career over. But I think LeBron has just been just getting over critique right now at this point. Like people are gonna go to great, great, great measures to discredit this man because he plays for LA. The spotlight is on him, and they never seen LeBron miss the playoffs. You know, like it, it, it hasn't happened yeah. since what 2005. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 2005. So, I mean, you know, that just comes with the territory of playing in L.A. Although I think they would have critiqued him if he was still in Cleveland and he missed. But the fact that you just came to L.A. and if people place these great expectations on you and due to unfortunate circumstances, it just hasn't worked out. You've been injured. Brandon Ingram's been injured. Kuzma missed time. Robert Ball's missed half the season. Like, what do you expect the guy to do? Right, I mean... Realistically, looking back at that season and the injuries they faced during the time that they happened with that coach, with that situation that happened at the trade deadline, what did you expect this to be? Your guess. So I think everybody better. really should. What you say? I said your guess would be way better than mine because I I have no uh, idea. That's what I'm saying, man. So I mean, you take that with a grain of salt. Trust me, LeBron is good at blocking stuff out. He posted. He posted on his IG that the drop won't last long. Trust me, Lincoln Nation. Y'all just, y'all just chill out. We'll be good. I think the team will make some moves to to put some pieces around him in the offseason. And I think next year will be a, a, a way better year. And this will be the first time LeBron actually gets to rest during the offseason, oh, a full offseason. Thank you. In, in 14 years, like you said. And I think that's going to do his body great. I think he's going to work his tail off. And even if he is declining a little bit, I think uh, 25, 7, and 7 next year is still better than 95% of the NBA. And, and <laughs> I think that would be an amazing season at 35 years old. Come on, man. What are we talking about here? LeBron is still one of those guys. He's still phenomenal. And let's stop playing, man. It's not his fault the Lakers not in the playoffs. <laughs> and, hey, bro, you don't know how refreshing that is to actually hear that from Somebody who admitted in his soliloquy that he did not like LeBron before he came there. So that that's awesome. I appreciate your honesty, dog. Just as a basketball fan, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
Damn, bro. Thank you, bro. But actually, we're going to move forward to another uh, one of your teams. We're going to switch it over to the little bit to the NFL. As we know, the Colts uh, made some moves. Um, they got Justin Houston. They got Devin Funches. Um, seems like now, Andrew Luck, I mean, Andrew Luck has a team now when he was winning. And back in the day, he didn't have a team. And he took a basically a team with nobody. To the AFC Championship. I mean, the offense was solid, right. I guess, if you want to say that. But it was all him, basically. Um, now he has, yeah, now, now he has weapons. And he's a year removed from the, sh- the shoulder injury. Well, two years removed now because, remember, he set out a whole season. And then he played this season. He had an awesome season. Right. Was uh, basically the number two in MVP rankings. You know, as far as we was we was concerned with it, just because of the way his second half of his season, well, mid to second half of the season, he just balled out. Yeah. You know, so my question to you is, especially as a Colts fan, is the, pre- is the pressure on Luck to win this season? Okay, well, let's get into that. Um, Andrew Luck is going to face a certain amount of pressure. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people going on record right now and jumping on the bandwagon because they feel like the Colts are making great moves, which I agree. It, which is funny because just last week we was getting killed for having the most cap space and not spending anything. We found one person in between now and last week, and all of a sudden now people are on our bandwagon. But that's neither here nor there. So let's break this down. I think Luck is going to face the most pressure he's ever faced in his life. For the media, expectation, perspective, I think this will be his biggest season. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so much of a, it's like a cool cat, even kill kind of guy. I think he'll be able to handle it. He works his tail off, I know that for a fact. Due to what people have told me that, that's in the NFL, he's one of the hardest working guys, he's a great guy. So I think he'll be able to handle the pressure, but just looking at the situation, we have T.Y. Hilton, we have Devin Funches, I know the only knock on Devin Francis was that he drops a lot of passes. But think about this time last year, we had just signed Eric Ebron, who only knock on him was that he dropped a lot of passes. And Andrew Luck turned him into a pro bowler for the first time in his career. So I don't think that would be a problem. I think T.Y. on one side, Devin Francis on the other side, that match up problem. But this is the kicker. We're bringing back Eric Ebron, who's a pro bowler tight end, but now we're getting our Pro Bowl tight end back from two seasons ago, Jack Doyle, who was out last year due to an injury. So now I think that creates matchup problems. Marlon Mack had 12 touchdowns, 900 yards in 12 games last year. I think he'll be better at the running back spot. I just think that our offense is loaded. Of course, we have a top five offensive line now. And you see what that offensive line did last year to protect Andrew Luck and the difference it made as far as him actually having time for the first time in his career, it, it transcended him to having one of the better seasons that he's ever had in the NFL period. I you, you know, when I got Justin Houston, that's a big move. We'll be bringing back Darius Leonard. You know, that, that guy's a maniac, no pun intended. And I think we did everything we could to bring back that defensive group. This is a bunch of young guys, and I think Justin Houston is really going to make the difference between what we can do in the playoffs because we need a guy that can go get a sack, a, 
cause pressure on the quarterback and make him uncomfortable. We 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 sacrificed our pass rush last year and we, we had a couple of injuries, so we had to draw up different types of blitzes and be real creative as far as getting pressure because we had no guy that can win one on one. Now that we have that, I think it'll create some opportunities for us to cause some turnovers and that'll make us a different type of team. And with New England, the Grumpers Island, Kansas City, you know, they they love Justin Houston. They love D four. They um they love Kareem Hunt. Eric Berry. They uh Eric Berry. Um Tyreek Hill is under investigation right now, but they held off on giving him a contract extension. They was working on making him the highest paid receiver in the NFL until this investigation started. So Although I don't wish no bad or no man, I hope he beats that situation, and I, I really hope that case is dismissed. But that's possibly something they have to face, too. And I just think they, they took a step back this offseason. So has the Patriots. They lost their, their yes. best uh, pass rusher. They lost, their, they lost their best tackle. And like I said, like I mentioned before, Gronkowski, man. I think those two teams took a step back. We've elevated Pittsburgh, as you mentioned, in pre-production, took a step back with Luther Leviat and Antonio Brown. I, I, I think things are setting up real nice for us to make a run at the DMC, uh championship. I think so, too. Um, like I say, I get shackled up in the in the moment. So I'm still on the, on the, on this, uh, uh, on this uh, Cleveland Brown on this Cleveland Brown high right now. Uh, but I do think the opportunity is there for Andrew Luck. I, I, I see I see the flaws in so many others. I think our division clearly is just a tough division in football right now, which five yeah. years ago would have been crazy to say in five years they're going to be right. a division. Uh, but, yeah. but they are they are what they are now. And I think that's going to be y'all biggest uh, – obstacle but I I think the rest of the league is opening it up for Andrew Luck to be the the best quarterback in the league like he was projected to be Um, it's just if he if that's why I say is that's why I asked the question about the pressure because that's what it's about that you know he's supposed to be the best the best quarterback uh, coming out the draft since Elway and all this here and blah 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 and I'm not not discrediting him because like I said he had an awesome season um, definitely like we talked about, comeback play of the year, all that good stuff. But now you got a squad. You got an offensive line. You got a running back. You got two. You got one really good receiver, one that we've seen be pretty good with Cam Newton. Which mm-hmm. says a lot. That says a lot. Uh, let's just keep That's it. That's tough. <laughs> That's, that, that says a lot. I'm not trying to – no shade on Cam Newton, but it says a lot because Cam Newton is, isn't known for being a great passer. So – this dude, exactly. when Kelvin Benjamin went down, he took the number one role and he ran with it for for a nice while. Um, so, so you know, you got Devin Funches, you got Justin Houston, who's proven. Uh, I just think that y'all got to make sure that uh, that y'all take advantage of the opportunity. I think the pressure on him yeah. personally, you got to take yeah. advantage of that because I mean we don't know what the Browns gonna do. Pittsburgh, we don't really know what they're gonna do, but they didn't lost two of their best players. Um, you got Baltimore still in a rebuilding type thing. The AFC kind of wide open, like you say, K- uh, KFC, but Kansas City. Oh, and I don't even know. KFC, you talking about chicken? You hungry? No, but you know what, dog? <laughs> just random. 
Dog, that KFC commercial where the dude, where the colonel kisses uh, Angel Mama or Miss Butterworth. Miss yeah. Butterworth. Bruh, I don't know how to feel about that. But anyway, uh, the Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots. Um, it's, 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 it's just it's, it's wide open for y'all right now. So I don't know. I, I think the pressure on him. I think he got to produce. I, I ain't saying he have to beat, win the Super Bowl, but he got to get that. He got to show up in the playoffs because – the, the knock on it right now is he didn't show up in the playoffs this past season. And he got to redeem yeah. that because he had an awesome season, didn't have a good postseason. He got to redeem that. Um, I will talk about my team, but, you know, we they project us to go to the Super Bowl every year. So, you know, it's a conversation that we can have any time. Uh, but I want to kind of actually uh, preview. <laughs> I want to preview a little bit of this. Uh, I like that law. The NBA playoffs, man, because they coming up soon. I think we got like less than a month left in the league, uh, the league, the season uh, for the NBA. And uh, I've watched. I know you're gonna talk about it, so I'm gonna go ahead and bring it up first. Uh, but I watched the Celtics play the Sixers, and I think B had 40 and 23 or something like that. He had like an awesome game, but he got into this uh, shoving match with uh, Marcus Smart, who. Mark, I'm going to tell you something. If I was to ever hang out with Marcus Smart, I would not be too afraid of anything. I'm just being honest. Wherever we go, we could go to the worst hoods in America. We could go to, to the worst hoods anywhere. Marcus Smart, one thing about Marcus Smart, he ain't scared of nobody. No matter your size, no matter what you got on you, he ain't scared. And I, I love that about Marcus Smart. I cannot wait to see the Celtics play the 76 of the play. I hope this matchup happens, bro. Because it's going to be serious. And beating mouth don't stop working. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Man. It's going to be crazy, bro. What you think about these playoffs and, and how they starting to round off and we starting to see what potential matchups could be and stuff like that? Man, what I told you about the Philadelphia 76ers, dude. You don't start to take my word to go on this podcast, bro, because I told you them people was ready, bro. And since I told you that, they beat Boston, and we had a monster game, and Boston ain't been looking too hot ever since. And, buddy, you know, Boston blew a 20 point lead against the Hornets in the fourth quarter? Oh, and Germany this, uh, made some crazy, uh, Crazy. Yeah. That was an amazing shot that he made, dog. Kimba didn't even think he made yeah. it. <laughs> man, Kimba went crazy in that full quarter, man. I'm like, bruh, that's another guy we got to talk about, too, one day, as an upcoming creator. Yeah. But anyway, Boston has a look good, man. Kyrie don't look happy, bro. I think Kyrie is out of that or something. I really feel it. I feel like Kyrie is out of that. I don't know where he's going. But I'm telling you, man, them sixes been dangerous, bro. I got, I got the sixes going, man. I got the sixes going to the finals, bro. I'm standing on that. Okay, well. And I said it when it wasn't cool to say. Yeah, and you know what? You know what? I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you said it. Because actually around this time last year, we dropped the Is Ben Simmons Overrated podcast episode. I don't know if you remember that episode. But that was yeah, one of our first yeah. episodes together. That was one of our first ones. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like our second or third. Second or third. Absolutely. So, 
I said something extreme in that one, and to me, you just said something damn near just as extreme. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. Ben Simmons is going to be the reason that they will not make the finals. They won't get past the Celtics if they meet the Celtics because he can't shoot, and he refused to. And I just think, and, and I look, regular season, dog, we didn't seen we didn't seen this in the regular season before. Well, we think, man, the way that was a statement win in the regular season. And then bam. Remember, let's let's just put this out there. The Raptors really did this to the, the Cavaliers last year. They beat they ass coming up to the end of the season. I don't know if you remember. Everybody was talking, man, the Raptors mm-hmm. might actually have a chance to beat not us necessarily, but everybody else was. Right. <laughs> Saying how the Raptors got a chance to beat them and what happened? They got swept. <laughs> I'm not saying that the Celtics gonna sweep them. I'm not, I'm not going that far, but I mean you're not that crazy. They have a really good chance of beating the 76ers because the 76ers really only got one finisher. It's not Embiid. Embiid really not conditioned to 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 finish the games. They give it to Jimmy Butler. They really they really let Embiid eat in the first three quarters. And it's Jimmy Butler time in the fourth quarter. And the thing is, do you can you count on Jimmy Butler in the playoffs like against a team like the Celtics who got a good coach who gonna who if Baines is healthy and who if Al Horford is playing and beating the post in the fourth quarter. I mean, we seen what old Al Horford did to MB last year. They basically took him off the block and forced him to face up and try to hit jumpers over him. And that ain't good for him. Well, Baines was hurt. Baines was hurt uh, this this past game, and uh, maybe he did destroy him. I don't remember. That's the regular. That's the regular season. We're talking about the playoffs. So we gonna see. That's that. Honestly, right now, other than maybe Houston and uh, the Warriors, I think the East playoffs gonna be way better than the West this year. I just I just think it is. I think they both gonna be entertaining. But I think the East just going to be nasty. Like, this going to be rough. Hard fouls. Like, even if even if the Bucks, even if the Bucks play the uh, 76 anybody who play the 76ers or the Celtics, it's going to be tough. Like, those going to be entertaining. Yeah, from the second round, from the second round on, I think it's going to be crazy in the East. It's wide, that's because it's wide open, though. Right. That's what makes Nobody believes the West is wider. We all know what Golden State come here to do, man. Yep. We know what these people come here to do. It ain't the wild, so, wild West. It's it, the wild, wild East. It ain't the wild West. <laughs> the wild, wild right. It is. That's exactly what it is. Because <laughs> it ain't no suspense in the Western Conference. If Golden State is healthy, Golden State will be in the finals. Point right there, if they're healthy. That's true. But you can't say that about no team in the East. It really is wide open from one through four. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you might have to Indiana. But you got teams that might just shock somebody. Like, who's to say Brooklyn can't upset somebody in the first round? Who's to say they can't? Like, not saying that they're going to go to the finals, but who's to say they don't mess around, somebody sleep on them, and they mess around and get went, went up, you know, upset somebody. It could happen. It's just, it could, it could happen. So, uh, we've seen wilder stuff. I mean, we've we've seen wilder stuff. So, um, I think it's going to be interesting, dog. I really do. I really do. I really wanted to touch on that just a little bit. I do want to shout something out real quick. Um, it's still Women's Appreciation Month. Uh, I haven't had my opportunity. Forgive me. 
I haven't had my opportunity to really get into the um, to the women's NCAA tournament, but I did have it on right before uh, this podcast. Uh, so I'm definitely going to make sure I tune back into that. But I do want to shout out Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. They're going to be the first women to, um, to close out WrestleMania uh, this upcoming year. So uh, shout out to them. Women's Appreciation Month, we got to make sure we do, you know, some type of appreciation to the ladies, you know what I'm saying, as we as, as we tried to do this whole month. Um, so, again, yeah. we appreciate y'all. Uh, and last but not least, uh, we kind of talked about this guy a lot throughout the podcast, but uh, we're going to touch on what he got going on a little bit right now uh, before we call it a day. Uh, Big Baller Brand, bro. BBB, The Fall. You know, what? what's going on? It looks like it's about to be over for the Big Baller Brand. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's, it's not looking pretty, man. Did you see what his manager posted on IG today? Where he, like, threw out some, some Zotools or something? Yeah, he threw the shoes in the trash, in the uh, dumpster or whatever. Trash compactor. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I guess that, that confirmed it. Although, Roger already put a, a cryptic tweet up, I mean, a cryptic post up on IG yesterday, you know, about going to bigger and better things, and he, he literally had it wrote right above the Nike logo on his jersey, so, you know, it kind of looked, you know, and LeBron commented on it and said he, he loved the kid, regardless of what shoes he wear, you know, if he was to come in Nike, it would be dope, dope is the S word, I can't, can't really say that out here. Right, right. So, I think, uh, I think it's over with, for Big Ball of Baby, I'd have been mad if I'd have spent money on them shoes, I'd be talking about dumping them in the trash can. The hell with that? This is my question. I want to know if they like overstocked and they about to put a whole bunch of it on sale because I love to guy. I love to cop me a pad to 90% discount. You know what I'm saying? Look at this, man. You trying to pay $25 for a pair of Man, get out of here. Man, let me get this. Y'all, 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 y'all throwing them away like they ain't worth it. Like if, you, if, they worth, if they worth to the manager to throw them in a trash compactor, then why not make $25 off of them? You can sell me the slides for the 10 and I can get the Zotools for the 30 I ain't tripping. Like, look, they shouldn't be tripping either. They about to go out of business. I mean, look, go have a sale. You know what I'm saying? Have a sale. Look, make your little money while you can, bro. I'm about it. I'll buy me some, B- some BBBs just to be like, dog, remember? Because honestly, bro, just to be on some real stuff, I know I was clowning, but on some real stuff, I watched a video about this too, and I kind of was thinking like this as well. Uh, Lonzo's dad, uh, what's his name? What's, what's Lonzo's daddy's name? LaVar. Oh, uh, LaVar, yeah. LaVar Ball did something, even though his tactics wasn't, uh, his, his tactics was frowned upon and stuff like that. Lonzo, Lonzo Ball dad, LaVar did something that nobody has ever done. That could potentially open the door and be some type of game-changing type thing, especially for the black community, bro. So I'ma always credit him. Everybody don't like how he do it, how he did his thing, but he had a he he put a message out there that it is it it might not have worked for me, but it could work for somebody else. Um, maybe I just went about it wrong, and that could be it with 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 Laval. They went about it wrong, but he did something. He challenged. He challenged what the wreck the norm was, and uh-huh. and I, I I can appreciate that as a as a black man, but 
Go ahead and throw the things on sale for me, though, LeVar. <laughs> Man, that dude said, I couldn't pay the 500 for them things, bro. I'll be honest. I I, I couldn't pay the 500. I wasn't big baller yet. But right now, when they on sale, I'm, B, I'm BBB to the core, baby. Let's get it. $50, bro. You paying the 54? I paid the 54? Just to be like, man, remember they had these came out? They're going to be, they gonna be a, something, to, uh, something to hold on to in the future, bro. I'm telling you. Just think about it. Think about if Lonzo it, Ball pan out, if Lonzo Ball ends up panning out to be a, a good player, a great player. Well, I, it could be. Or if somebody else, like I said, start up another business and it actually worked for them, and then you got, these were the first people who ever did this, blah, blah, blah. And these were the shoes. And these shoes are now worth blah, blah, blah. And I got them for 50. And y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, the one that paid 500 for them. See what I'm saying? But anyway, I know you said you ain't wanted to say something. Bye. Oh, yeah, man. Yesterday, uh, I woke up to some terrible, terrible news Monday, on a Monday morning. Uh, I know this is a sports podcast, but as everyone knows, and people that know me know, I follow battle rap, like, real tight. Like, I'm a real, real battle rap fan. Mm -hmm. as even did it for, you know, a couple of years. And... Hey, uh, I just want to say R.I.P. for the legend Tech Nine, the Philly legend, the battle rapper Tech Nine. He passed away. Uh, the details haven't been released yet, but it's been crazy on social media. See the amount of love he's been getting out to beautiful, and the battle rap community is a real small community. So whenever things like this happen, it's good to see an industry where people get paid to to you know talk down and tear people down when something tragic happens how how close they bang together and they support one another and uh, I think that part of it is really dope but it's sad to see such a young man you know in his 30s pass away due to some unfortunate incident and the man has a daughter and I feel for her so prayers up to that family I pray y'all have the strength to be able to overcome such a tragic situation. And my condolences again to y'all and to the battle rap community. We truly lost a legend. Take nine. We love you, bro. And I just want to say prayers out to your family. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Salute. Condolences uh, to Take Nine's family uh, on, on behalf of Unqualified Sports. And it's, it's ironically enough, even though this isn't directly related, uh, to it, and I won't say the name just because it's some real. I would say, I hate to frame it like this, but it's just it's it's some stuff from back home from my neighborhood. Um, that's and uh, three guys, three guys that I grew up with. Actually, I was just telling my partner this: the first dude that I ever got stolen on by. The first person that ever stole on me. Now, the first person that ever stole on me. That's when I. That's when I learned to always keep my goddamn hands up. I ain't lied. I learned that real fast. Keep your hands up. If you gonna talk, your hands better be in the right place. <laughs> you get right in your toes. But uh, unfortunately, bro, uh, that guy. He, you know, he lived a life that isn't what necessarily the 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 most. The, I don't know how to say it. He lived a life that most people, a lot of people probably would frown upon. And it, it, it is what it is. I, I'm not judging his lifestyle. Um, 
I just want to say that, you know, I, he just he just actually passed away from my understanding is from a heart attack. Um, young man, younger than me, just made 30 last year. So he bought he was going to make 31 this year. Um, I just want to say as far as as far as my neighborhood goes, we got to stop letting the hood eat us up, man. We got to stop letting the hood eat us up. We got to do better than that. We 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 got to do better than that, bro. We we can't let the let the the quote-unquote luxuries of the hood destroy us cuz they they not luxuries at all. They not they they ailments, they cancers. They nothing about them are luxuries. We have to figure out different ways to be better, bro. Uh my 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 prayers go out to his family. His family uh one a couple of his family members was close to my mom. Um so I definitely you know, I went to school with a lot of these people. One of his friends just died not too long, maybe a year ago. They were best friends. Like, literally, best friends. And they both then died young, you know what I'm saying? Both of them our, around our age, you know? So, uh, we just got to do better, man. Uh, so, it's funny you brought that up about Tech 9 Because um, I actually had that on my head about that, about the neighborhood stuff and just stuff like that. But shout out to his family, man. Uh, y'all know who you are. You, listen to, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, shout out to him and his family. My condolences definitely go out to y'all. And uh, let's just do better, yeah. people. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's just do better. Um, but with all that being said, we really, 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 truly appreciate y'all. Uh, again, happy uh, Women's Appreciation Month. This will probably be our last episode for the month. So again, salute to all the ladies out there. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. And again, we wouldn't be nothing without y'all. Um, and thank y'all, man. Shout you want us. You want to got anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, just want to say happy birthday to you again, bro. I want you to live it up today, man. It's a blessing to see another year. I hope you enjoy it, dog. And to the people out there, man, thank y'all. I promise y'all we got something big coming. Uh, I don't know. We ain't leaking it yet. But I promise you, it's on the horizon. It's going to so, be serious. y'all stay tuned. Hey, support us, bro. We support people. Bruh. We want support, bro. We want support. We appreciate support. And we want to support others. So, right. we look, we just y'all stay blessed, man. Y'all keep blessing us with the support. We're going to keep blessing y'all with whatever we, whatever we blessing y'all with that y'all feel like is a blessing from us. We're going to keep it going. So, thank y'all again. Right. Peace.